for all you NFL fans out there, it is Christmas in April, the most wonderful time of the year for you all. Hello, everybody, and welcome in. I'm your man, Rich Behan. We're on to episode four now, if you can believe it, and episode four is an NFL draft special because, like I said, Christmas in April for all of you NFL draft fans out there. It's probably the most exciting time of the offseason. NFL free agency doesn't move uh, as fluidly as some other sports do. So for the NFL draft, this is this is the meat and potatoes of the offseason. And we're just going to get right into it here because we have a lot to discuss. We have a guest coming on later, Mark Istook. He's from the NFL Network. Fantastic listen. Very excited about that. First ever guest here on the Rich Behan Show. So all in all, a very exciting episode here. Um, but let's get into this NFL draft. And what I've decided to do here is I've just decided to lay out the first five draft picks because I think that those are the most important and those are the ones that are going to kind of set up the rest of the draft for the league. And it also helps that the Giants and Jets go back-to-back at two and three. So at number one, the first overall pick, something we've gotten used to in years past, it is the Cleveland Browns who finished last year at 0-16, but they made some tremendous moves in the offseason, picking up Jarvis Landry, and really just adding adding significant pieces to their roster. And I'm, if I'm being honest, the Browns picking at 1-4 here, the Browns can go from 0-16 to a playoff team, just like that. So for the Browns, their top needs are a quarterback, a cornerback, an offensive tackle, a safety, and a wide receiver. They are they do have a lot of depth at running back, but I will say, for me, if you're the number one overall pick, you're not picking a corner, you're not picking a tackle, you're not picking a safety, and you're not picking a wideout. So the Browns are really down to a quarterback and a running back. And for me, they bring in Tyrod Taylor, who I think is a very underrated quarterback. He's good. Not great, not going to move the needle, but he's serviceable. So if you're going to have Tyrod Taylor, you're going to have a decent O-line, and you're going to have Jarvis Landry, what are you missing? And the answer is a running back. That's why I believe going number one overall in the 2018 NFL Draft, the Cleveland Browns select running back Saquon Barkley. Not only can Barkley power run in the backfield, he can catch out of the backfield. A five-star talent that will push the Browns over the top and I believe will be playoff contenders this upcoming season. Now you move on to number two in the New York Giants and I will say the Browns taking Saquon Barkley... I think throws a monkey wrench into the plans of the New York Giants. Now, full disclosure, if Barkley is not taken number one overall, I firmly believe the Giants will take him at number two. Especially when you have Dave Gettleman coming out and saying that we want to be a power-run team. If you want to be a power-run team, you're not going to do that with Orleans Darkwa. You're going to do it with Saquon Barkley. And he also had an interesting quote. He said, Can you picture this guy putting on a gold jacket? And that's the player he wants to take at number two. And to me, when you say that, you say best talent, 
And when you say best talent, you say Saquon Barkley. But I have him going number one overall to the Browns. So the Giants are now on the clock. They finished last year at 3-13, and a very, very underwhelming season for them. Needs for them also include a quarterback, a lineman, a running back, an edge rusher, and a wide receiver. Wide receiver you can cross off, edge rusher? Maybe not, but I don't think they go there. I think Bradley Chubb is a decoy. I do not think they go edge rusher at number two overall. You can cross that off the list. Running back, the only one you would draft in that spot is Saquon Barkley. He is off the board. Scratch running back off. A tackle, a lineman. You're not taking either of them with a number two overall pick. So that really leaves you only one thing. And that one thing is a quarterback. You look at the top four quarterbacks in the draft. Josh Rosen, Sam Darnold, Josh Allen, and Baker Mayfield. If I'm the Giants, Sam Darnold, turnover machine. I hate his arm slot and the way he throws the ball. Josh Allen, his completion percentage has never been over 60%. A cause for concern. Baker Mayfield... We'll get to him in a second. I think if Saquon Barkley is off the board at number two, the clear-cut pick for the Giants at the number two overall pick, the New York Giants select Josh Rosen. You give me Josh Rosen, you give me Orleans Darkwa, Odell Beckham, Sterling Shepard, and maybe even a Des Bryant at your wide receiver two, a dangerous offense. You move to three and the New York Jets. The Jets moving up three spots from six to three. Very interesting move. They finished the year at five and 11. Very underwhelming for them as well. Their top needs are a quarterback, an edge rusher, an offensive guard, a tackle, and a wide receiver. Again, you do not pick a wide receiver in this situation. Scratch off tackles and guards and edge rushers. The only thing you have left is a quarterback. Did the Jets re-sign Josh McCown, and did they bring in Teddy Bridgewater? Yes. Josh McCown is way over the hill. You have maybe a year of him. Teddy Bridgewater, who knows if his knees are good? He's a very big question mark for the Jets this year. The Jets did have the most money to spend in free agency, and they did just that. They spent it, and they brought in some very key players, upgraded their team significantly. The one thing they are missing is a quarterback. Josh Rosen off the board now at number two to the Giants. But that doesn't matter. I've been a big proponent of it for a long time. And on Thursday night, it might actually happen. With the number three overall pick in the 2018 NFL Draft, the New York Jets select Baker Mayfield. To me, it makes too much sense. His cockiness, the way he carries himself, plays to the spotlight of New York. I think he will eat it up, and I think he will definitely succeed in New York. We move to number four, and the Browns are picking again. So here is where you say, okay, the Browns have gotten their running back. They really don't need anything else right now. So, if I'm the Browns, I go quarterback. 
and the Browns are apparently very high on Sam Darnold. So if the Browns are able to escape the first round of the draft with Saquon Barkley and Sam Darnold, they are very well set up for the future. I said they might make the playoffs this season. If they take Darnold, they'll get there eventually. That offense will be very hard to stop. And at number five, we'll move to the Broncos. Broncos finished the year at 5-11. and 11. Their top needs include a corner, an edge rusher, an offensive lineman, a tight end, and a wide receiver. This is the first place where you would have expected a quarterback to go. But since the Broncos signed Case Keenum, I think the Broncos avoid a quarterback in the first round here. If I'm John Elway and I'm sitting in the war room, I think some key players have gone off the board. But for me, and I'm in need of an edge rusher, and Bradley Chubb is sitting there at number five for me, I will gladly take Bradley Chubb at number five. The one thing I will say, however, if the Broncos go offense or defense, because I think it is very possible that they either go Bradley Chubb or they go Quentin Nelson, the terrific guard from Notre Dame. So, depending on who they pick, I think it'll be interesting to see which side of the ball they decide to tackle and which side of the ball they feel like they need the most help on. And for me, that is defense. Shane Ray has been very inconsistent on the defensive side of the ball. And on the offense, the Broncos have pieces. They have Demarius. They have Emmanuel Sanders. They bring in Case Keenum. So for me, Broncos address the defensive side of the ball. They bring in Bradley Chubb. That is where I will stop. So just to recap, the first five picks of the 2018 NFL Draft in order go Saquon Barkley, Josh Rosen, Baker Mayfield, Sam Darnold, and Bradley Chubb. And ladies and gentlemen, I am not Mike Mayock. So please do not quote me on this. I'm just saying this is what I would do if I was in these GM's seats. And you never know, we might get a trade on draft night. There's been rumors about the Giants maybe trading down. They're not overwhelmed by any prospect in the top. So this is just where it stands now. This is where I think it will stand. And that will be it for me. And we'll get to the guest right now. My guest today joined NFL Media in 2014 with the launch of NFL Now, where he primarily hosts content. While still working at NFL Network, he is also in the podcasting business with his talk show, Dream Job, which can be streamed on iTunes. Ladies and gentlemen, the first ever guest on the Rich Behan Show, Mark Istook. Mark, thanks for coming on the show. How are you? Hey, I'm well, Rich. Thanks for having me. Of course. All right, let's jump right into it here. This draft class is obviously full of widely regarded high-end quarterbacks. Between Sam Darnold, Josh Rosen, Josh Allen, Baker Mayfield, list goes on. But what I have to ask you now is, who's who's the best choice out of that group for you? Well, that's, that's such a tough call because you, I'm a big believer in team fits. That, uh, you know, as good as a quarterback like Tom Brady or Aaron Rodgers happens to be now, had they ended up on the wrong team, their career could have gone sideways. And I think you've seen a ton of examples of that. I mean, could Russell Wilson be Russell Wilson if he's on another roster? So I think there's a lot of question marks for me about this class with regard 
to team fit because I think all those guys uh, that are at the top of the draft charts, the Rosens, the, the Allens, the Darnolds, Lamar Jackson, Baker Mayfield, all those guys are obviously talented and successful in, uh, at the college level. I'm just most curious to see when we fast forward a few years what the team fits worked out to be for those guys. So, you know, if you want to talk about uh, Josh Rosen, for example, prototypical pro-style quarterback, I think he'd be a great fit in New York with the Giants. Uh, I think you could find some other rosters where he'd do well. I like him maybe because I just have an affinity for players who can come from behind and whoop up on Texas A&M personally. Uh, <laughs> but I think that's, um, uh, you know, again, team fits. That's the biggest question for me. Less about the quarterback specifically, more about does he end up on a team where they're going to really utilize him to the best of his abilities? Would you also say Josh Rosen is, if you were going to pick a quarterback, probably the safest pick? I think you could make that argument uh, between both him and Sam Darnold just because they have played at the highest level and had the most success. Uh, Baker Mayfield, obviously, with a Heisman Trophy under his belt, a uh, Big 12 championship caliber guy, college football playoff caliber, uh, caliber guy. Uh, I just think for him... He definitely had more tools around him than anybody in Oklahoma. He was kept clean in the pocket mostly, uh, and I don't know how well his style translates to more teams. So to me, it's it's back and forth between those two guys, Darnold and Rosen. All right, now moving into the draft order here. Personally for me, I think the Browns have the power to change the course of the entire first round, depending on if they go quarterback or running back. If you're John Dorsey, who do you take with that number one pick? Oh, man. Um, I'm, again, to me, it's between those two quarterbacks just because that is their most glaring need. And given the way that the NFL is played now, you, you saw with Ezekiel Elliott and the Cowboys taking him high a few years ago, that obviously paid dividends. But how long will he be a contributing member of that team? I, I think the trend now along a lot of teams is you get running backs, and especially the good ones, and you run them and you run them and you run them. But we know statistically what happens to those guys when they get that many touches and that many carries early on in their career. It's unlike any other position when it comes to using guys and then them wearing out quickly. There are obviously very few exceptions to that rule like Adrian Peterson. But but for the most part, when you have a guy like that that's that good and you use him a lot, there's a fall off and it's pretty steep and, and comes pretty quickly. So the trend has been, hey, let's get a good guy like that and, and get everything we can out of the rookie deal. And then we're going to look elsewhere after four or five years. So that's my that's my sticking point with Saquon Barkley. As good as he is, if they don't get quarterback right, does it even matter for Cleveland? So the Browns pick at four again, if they go quarterback at one, do you think they look for an edge rusher, maybe like a Bradley Chubb at four? Well, I mean, if Barkley is somehow available then, then I think you mm-hmm. go right back to Barkley. I think they, oh, uh, with Miles Garrett last year, uh, got a guy who has shown that when he's on the field, he could be productive. Uh, I think that, man, that offense could help that defense out, a la the Dallas Cowboys uh, a couple of years ago when Dak Prescott and Ezekiel Elliott really helped out a defense that was middle of the pack at best by playing solid uh, keep away football. Uh, if you had that kind of an offense, if you could do, hey, look, what was wrong with that Dallas uh, blueprint a couple of years ago? Got them to the second round of the playoffs. I'm sure Cleveland would love to be sniffing uh, that aspect of the postseason. Why not go for it? And I think Saquon Barkley is certainly worth a high pick. I just don't know for a team like Cleveland if he's worth a number one pick. But if he's around a number four, I think that that would be my guy. 
I'd definitely go there too. I think uh, he's been compared to Ezekiel Elliott without the character problems. And I think that's that's a pretty good comparison for him there. Well, isn't he fun to watch too? I mean, oh, I know. You just uh, for the fans in Cleveland, I just would love to see uh, them get a playmaker like that. Yeah, definitely. And for them, hopefully, a push to the postseason gets uh, gets the Cleveland Browns franchise energized again. Oh yeah, absolutely. So we move to uh, the Denver Broncos, who pick at number five, and this was a team who probably could have went quarterback, but decided to sign Case Keenum instead. So they have other needs, uh, a tackle, a safety. Where do you see them going? Uh, great question. I mean, you see a team with, let's just mention off some of their needs, uh, cornerback, edge rusher, offensive line, tight end. I mean, this is a team that had all the pieces in place just a couple of years ago, and now it seems like there are way more question marks than you have answers. And I think that includes the quarterback position with Case Keenum. I don't know if you add Case, uh, if you think quarterback that highly. But, uh, you know, some of our analysts at uh, NFL.com have have said, hey, they could go quarterback with Josh Rosen if he's around then, which there are whispers he could he could still be available. Uh, You know, they could go linebacker Roquan Smith. You mentioned Bradley Chubb earlier. He is one of those guys that could be a tremendous compliment to Von Miller. Uh, On the other side of that line, if he develops the way that he has uh, at least shown flashes of being that kind of a player uh, at North Carolina State, I I would be excited to see him productive on the field because I do think on the offensive side of the football, this season could go as well as Case Keenum goes in Denver. Definitely. Uh, John Elway picking a quarterback. If I was that quarterback being picked, I'd be shaking in my boots. (laughs) So we move to the Giants, and the Giants pick at number two. Giants-Jets back-to-back two and three. The Giants have kind of publicly flip-flopped between quarterback and running back, maybe trying to throw some teams off the scent. If their desired player isn't there, do they just take the best available player, or do you see a scenario in the Giants trading down in the draft? I, for one, think that trading back and accumulating picks uh, can be a real winning strategy for teams. Um, the hard part, especially for the Giants, when you look at their 2008 draft, they've got six picks uh you know they've got a one a two two threes a four and a five so if they felt like they could get value and and maybe nab another second round or another third round or places where they could pick up some value i think this team was not as bad as their record indicated last year they got bitten by the injury bug pretty hard that made certainly eli manning's job harder but i also think too they they have speaking of Eli Manning, they have to find the guy that's going to be Eli in the future because he's not getting any younger. And when Father Time comes calling, like I mentioned before, with running backs, it can happen very quickly and very suddenly. And I just wonder, gosh, what you're kind of making a wager here if you're the Giants with whichever direction you go because I think that it could bite them or turn out great for them depending upon how things work out. So. Uh, a lot of questions here for a team that has needs at quarterback, at offensive line. They certainly could use a productive running back, and they could use help on the edge, too. Yeah, definitely. And as Eli creeps up in age there, you know, you say to yourself, maybe the Giants can squeeze another two decent years out of him. But then after that, you know, it's it's kind of a question mark. So it, it also, I think it also kind of depends on how fast the Giants want to win, right? Yeah, I mean, if you're thinking, hey, we... If we had, let's say, uh, Saquon Barkley in our backfield and he took some pressure off Eli and we had a healthy receiving core, then our offense could do some damage next year and we could compete in the NFC East. If you feel like you've got that roster and Dave Gettleman is obviously still getting to know his new team, 
then, hey, it's Saquon, I think. Uh, wouldn't that be fun to see him? And I, I just talked about, I, look, I think it's going to be fun to see him in whichever <laughs> uniform he's wearing next year. Right. But I think that's a team where if things bounce their way, they could be competitive again in the East. Uh, it's just some question marks about are you mortgaging your future at the quarterback position by picking a guy who maybe helps you win this year? Again, that's a maybe. Right. Uh, just deviating from the draft just a little bit, I want just want to get your thoughts on this. So if the Giants do get Barkley at two, then you have Manning and Barkley and OBJ and Sterling Shepard. How do you feel Des Bryant added to the mix? I, I mean, as a Cowboys fan myself, full disclosure, uh, <laughs> I had some bittersweet feelings about seeing Des released by the team. Uh, it's hard to say goodbye to a guy that brought that kind of a that kind of passion to the field. Loved watching Des throw up the X, but. The stats don't lie. His productivity has steeply declined in the past few years, and you can blame that on Dak Prescott and them not being on the same page. But the truth was there was a lot of forcing the football to him and not a lot of fruition to show for that. So I feel like, look, he is still a dynamic playmaker, especially if he's in single coverage. And if he were a giant, he would be in single coverage a lot. I think he would be a tremendous Compliment to the guys they already have on that roster. Evan Ingram showing that uh, you know he could be something special there. Obviously, if you have a healthy Odell Beckham Jr., look just just those three guys right there, and you could be afraid of that offense. But is he ever going to be the number one guy again? I, I I don't believe that he will be, and I think that's why Dallas made the decision that they made. However, man, could he be one amazing number two and a great red zone target? Uh, I think that he has certainly been coy on social media about wanting to be in New York as a giant, and it would not surprise me. And uh, I think that, again, it, it calls back to how fast the Giants want to win, because if, if you bring in Dez, then, I mean, that offense for the next, if if, Ma- if Eli uh, c- can handle it for the next two years, would be, you know, a, a playoff caliber offense. So have to see where the Giants decide to go there. Yeah, and I and I also think, too, Pat Shermer certainly showed that he was willing and able to take advantage of the skill set that his players gave them last year in Minnesota. And I think that, boy, he could do some special things with the talent on the field, but certainly more talent at the skill positions, I think, in New York with that roster you just mentioned that he had in Minnesota. So uh, it could be a dangerous offense to play against the East. I also think the Giants, if they bring in a quarterback, uh, Pat Shermer deemed the, the quarterback whisperer. Yes. Uh, so it would be it would be pretty interesting to see that dynamic. Yeah, it's always hard to know when a guy uh, moves from the coordinator role into a head coaching role just how much influence he'll have, but you would think as an offensive-minded guy, it'd be pretty substantial. Definitely, and uh, last but not least, we'll move on to the Jets, and uh, some people don't agree with me here, but this this is, I think, a clear-cut move and probably the easiest thing to predict in the draft. I've been a big proponent of the Jets and Baker Mayfield for the longest time. I think the character and some would say the cockiness play to New York perfectly. What do you think the probability of that actually happening is? Um, I think it's tough just because you have guys that are safer bets that would be available at three. So that's the question mark for me is do, do they reach? But look, we saw the Chicago Bears last year take Mitchell, Mitchell Trubisky far higher than most people thought. Because they felt like, hey, this is a guy that's a good fit on our roster. So despite the fact that people don't value him this high in the draft, we value him with our first overall pick. So you've got two different sets of value there. You know, what's the value at that specific pick 
in the draft order and what's the value for a team. And obviously that's what Chicago felt like. And I think early on in the Trubisky era, uh, a lot of Bears fans are happy with the returns from the young quarterback there. So would the Jets be willing to make that same gamble? I mean, that's that's the question. You saw them go uh, heavy with safeties in the first two rounds of the draft last year, but there's no question they need a quarterback. And look, I, I think if they are willing to take the gamble to take Baker Mayfield that high, then they would also be willing to take some of the risks that you'd have to with an offense that he would run. So that might indicate that, hey, this is a good landing spot for him. So even if the Jets don't go Baker, you think they definitely go quarterback? I mean, I think that's that's what the tea leaves are saying right now. Um, okay. So we'll see. I mean, you you don't move into that spot, I think, if you're not planning on on – taking a franchise quarterback or who you hope will turn out to be one. Jets also had a, a fantastic free agency, had the most money to spend, and they did that. Uh, so the Jets, do you see them in a position to push the playoffs this year? I, th- I mean, I think so, maybe because I want that to happen. I have a lot of Jets fr- fans that I work with who also want that to happen. I feel like the Jets, and, and I'm not trying to compare the Jets and the Browns as far as teams go, but I feel like in terms of just football fans in general – I think want to see those teams do well. Those are two that kind of come to mind. And uh, certainly, look, last year was disappointing. Five and eleven, you finished last in the AFC East. But some close games. They always uh, seem to have at least one close game a season, if not two, against the Patriots. And some games that were winnable. It's just they couldn't get all the pieces together. So if you can get the quarterback figured out, and you know who knows uh, how Teddy's going to work out, but if you can get that figured out in the long run, then you know maybe you can you can put together a roster that will chase a postseason berth, especially given that last year there were people before the season started who thought the Jets weren't going to win a football game. And I think that showed some people some grit. The Jets, if they bring in a quarterback, then we'll have three that will probably be on the roster with them re-signing McCown and bringing in uh, Teddy Bridgewater, as you said before. Do you see a scenario in where whoever they draft here could be starting by the end of the year? Uh, that's a great question. I mean, I guess it depends on who the guy that, that comes in, who that guy is that comes in. And and I think they still don't know what they have in Teddy. They don't know, you know, how healed he is, how ready to play he will be. They got a team-friendly setup with him. Uh, they've got the insurance policy in McCown, obviously. So I, I it's he has shown, by the way, uh, Josh McCown, a willingness to say, hey, look, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to sit back for the good of the team and, and help mentor some guys. Um, I, I think he uh, has taken pride in that role in the past. So maybe he'd be willing to do it. But Teddy would be the kind of the wild card here more so because you kind of know what you've got in Josh, less so in Teddy. How good can he be? Will he continue the ascension that started when he was in Minnesota? Or will there be some setbacks based on his uh, time spent in rehab trying to get his knee, his uh, leg ready? Definitely a lot of questions for the Jets at the quarterback spot. So just to recap your draft order, you got – Browns with uh, probably a quarterback. Browns again with probably a running back. Denver probably again with a quarterback or at least an outside edge rusher. Giants with a quarterback. So quarterbacks going as they usually do because, you know, corners of the franchises, as they say. So that'll do it. Again, you can catch him on NFL Network, his podcast Dream Job on iTunes and on Twitter at Mark Istook. Mark, thanks again for coming on the show and hope we can do it again sometime. Sounds good, Rich. Appreciate you having me. Marcus took there, ladies and gentlemen. That was great. A lot of great insight there, not just from Giants and Jets, but from around the first five picks in the league. We differed a little bit. I will say we differed a little bit in our picks. He had quarterbacks going probably one through five, maybe maybe 
Broncos go uh, somewhere else. But I have Saquon going in there. I have uh, Bradley Chubb going to the Broncos. So, But one thing we can agree on, quarterbacks galore, as it usually always is, in the NFL draft. Well, that's going to do it for this episode. I'm Rich Behan. This has been the fourth episode of the show already. Make sure to follow on Twitter at Rich Behan Show. Make sure to rate and like on iTunes. And you can also listen on SoundCloud. Thanks for tuning in. Let's do it again next week. And have a happy draft, everybody.